What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Who Gives a Dram? Another week of Who Gives a Dram. We're here. We're ready to rock and roll. Um, I forgot what episode it is, so that's a great way to start the show. That's the best way to start the show. Um, But, you know, it is what it is. We're going to do a quick one today. We're going to do a very quick episode today. Nothing, Nothing too much. We have a a unicorn bourbon for me that um, we're going to review today. It's one of my unicorns that I found this weekend, and we'll talk about that. And uh, we don't. There's not much really to talk about. Not a whole lot happened, in ter- in, except for one big thing. And we'll get into that. We'll talk about maybe what's coming up this week, and then and then I'll let you guys go. I'll let you guys go. Um, as as my um, my my seventh grade math teacher used to say, she used to go. Thanks for stopping by, and then we couldn't leave unless we all said as a class, thanks for having us. So, thanks for stopping by, thanks for having us. Um, But before we get into the show, uh, always remember the best way to support the show, just subscribe wherever you're listening to this, or if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube, um, so I can keep doing these video podcasts for you guys. Uh, Make sure you are uh, following Bourbon with Friends everywhere, who gives a dram everywhere, um, www.thegreatbymedia.com. That's where I post my blogs. And you can also check out the Bourbon with Friends website for my blogs as well. Got a few uh, lined up, ready to rock and roll. Some some uh, some um, blog reviews coming out. That's going to be good. And um, as always, this podcast is brought to you by The Grapevine Media. Um, and we ha- uh, we might have some cool things coming out with that as well. Um, not whiskey related, but um, other topics that I'm passionate about. So a lot of things going on. It's been a very, very busy few days. This is episode 67, by the way. 67. Um, just been a very, very busy week in a very good way. Um, so might as well just get into it. I hope you guys had a great week. It's a great week to have a great week. It's Wednesday uh, February 23rd. Um, so I hope everyone's having a great week. Hope, hope, uh, the work week's going well. I know mine's not, (laughs) mine's busy, but we have a good episode today. We have a very good episode today. Um, this week I, or last weekend into this week, I was in Kentucky um, I told y'all last week I was going there to visit Paul and to make a barrel pick uh, for our charity event, the Kentucky Bourbon Ball, on April 23rd at the Kentucky Castle, and that's exactly what I did. Um, I still can't believe that it happened. By the you know the time I'm recording this, it happened yesterday. I got home yet or early this morning, I should say. I got home at like one o'clock, twelve thirty ish. So. I still really can't believe it happened. It's just crazy to me that, you know, I started Who Gives a Dram a year and a half ago. About, you know, you know give or take, probably a year and three months. And it's it just kind of taken off into, you know, I'm, I'm traveling, I'm flying to Kentucky, flew for the first time ever into Kentucky to meet someone I met through Instagram, sleep at his house, and pick a barrel of whiskey for a charity event that we are putting together for another podcast that I now co-host and own. It's just a weird feeling to me, but it's a very fulfilling feeling and a happy feeling. And I, I was, I knew I was gonna like Paul, but getting down there and and just confirming that Paul and I are basically the same people, 
with the same sense of humor and the same approach towards whiskey, podcasting, and life is kind of refreshing. So it made my trip that much more enjoyable. I didn't really feel like I was away from home that much. I feel like I know Paul so well already before before meeting him. So I was I was happy with that, and I just feel like that trip kind of cemented in my mind that you know bourbon with friends is a place I need to be, along with who gives a dram. So. It, it it just cemented in my head that, it, you know, things are moving forward. Things are moving upwards and forwards in terms of the progression of where I think I am as as a podcaster, as a whiskey person. You know, I, I feel like I'm doing the right thing. So, but I couldn't be able to do, I wouldn't be able to do that if it wasn't for people, you know, following me on Instagram and, and checking out the podcast and downloading the podcast. So that's, that means a lot as well. Um and it's you know when i think of kentucky i think of you know it's 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 the home of bourbon and that's where i i you know i always wanted to go i remember saying when i first started this podcast i cannot wait to do the the bourbon trail you know which at the time was in my head like uh, heaven hill buffalo trace maker's mark woodford reserve and you know, not only did I get to kind of see those places for the most part, but going into Green River Distilling Company, um, picking a private barrel for a charity event we are hosting, um, speaking with the master distiller, speaking with the people behind Bradshaw, and having that be in real life, not just over Instagram or over Zoom, is is profoundly different it's it produced a feeling in me that was almost like like a like a fighter flight or fight moment like a holy shit this is happening moment and then getting a private tour of one of the oldest distilleries in america um getting some really cool bottles that we're going to review on the podcast on both my podcast or on both who gives a dram and bourbon with friends. The whole experience was crazy. And we're, we're going to start by pouring a little bit of whiskey in my Glencairn to let it sit for a second. We are doing an uncorking today. We are doing an unwrapping, whatever you want to call it. We are doing the infamous. If you're from new England, you know what I mean? Early times, Bottled and bond, bourbon whiskey. Um, coming in at a hundred proof, obviously bottled and bond. Um, early times is just one of those bottles that is highly coveted. It only comes in one liter bottles, and I bought this for twenty one dollars. Um, down in, uh, I want to say, I don't even know where we were in Kentucky. We were enough in Kentucky where it was Central Time, and. Me and Paul were happy because we needed to get breakfast on the way to making our barrel pick because it was like two and a half hours from where we from where Paul lives, and we got to a McDonald's and we didn't know this going to this McDonald's. We thought we were gonna be getting lunch, but it changed from like eleven thirty, and then when we got to that McDonald's, it just changed to ten thirty. So we were able to get McDonald's breakfast <laughs> because it wasn't eleven o'clock yet, even though like ten minutes down the road it was eleven o'clock. So that was awesome. Um, I don't remember where we were, though, exactly, and where I got this bottle. But early times, Bottle and Bond was everywhere in every liquor store that I went to um, down in Kentucky. 
and I didn't go to many stores, but I went to enough to to know that, um, to know that it just it's down there, it's down there and it's plentiful. So if you want early time bottle and bond, you go to Kentucky to get it. Let's do this. Oh, wait a second. Is this a screw top? Uh-oh. Not stopping the podcast. We're having technical difficulties. I'll talk more while I'm trying to open this. Um, so getting down to Kentucky was a problem of its own, right? And if you're watching the YouTube video, I hope you're not laughing at me trying to open this bottle. I thought it was a cork pop, but I guess it's not. Um, going down to Kentucky was a problem in and of itself. And I'll tell you this. So as you guys know, it was my first time flying. And uh, surprisingly, I wasn't that nervous. I was a little nervous the night before. But when I woke up, you know, I made I made a nice breakfast. And I kind of just reassured myself that thousands of flights go off every single day. So there's really, there's literally nothing to be worried about. And it helped. It really helped a lot. Kind of my, my psyche going into the airport. And my brother dropped me off at the airport. And from there, I kind of just had to figure out what to do. I'd never gone through security. I've never really even been inside an airport. So I kind of just winged it. And my brother helped me kind of find security and everything. But, you know, I um, past that, I was alone. I was by myself. There was there was really nobody there to to um, to help me out. I might be screwing up this bottle big time. It's for sure a screw top, but um, so I get to TF Green Airport in Providence, right? What the hell? I can't, I don't even have a towel. I get to TF Green Airport in Providence, and I don't really know what I'm doing. I go to security. I forget to take my shoes off. I got to get, hold on a second, you guys. I'm going off camera. This is the first time I'm going off camera. You saw my lower half for the first time on the podcast. Let's see if I can get it now. But there we go. Man, I, I know I haven't been working out, but I didn't think my grip strength was that bad. There's a cork pop. Did you hear it? Oh, there's the glug, glug, glug. Y'all know I love that glug, glug, glug. <laughs> uh, oh, shit. It's a mess. Whenever I spill bourbon, I put it on my neck so I smell like bourbon all day. It smell oh god, it just honestly that first smell just smells exactly like the Rick house we were in. Uh but um going back to my story, so I get through security, I forgot to take my shoes off to start. And so I had to do that. And I was waiting for my flight, and it was my flight it was fine. I was waited there for like an hour and a half. Grabbed a coffee, didn't eat because I didn't wanna, you know, take a chance if I started not feeling good. And we took off uh, right on time, boarded the plane, kind of, you know, the plane was tiny. 
and um, when we boarded, I was thinking about what song did I want to play. What song did I want to play um, when we took off? And last minute, I was like, you know what? I just downloaded Man of Steel to watch during this flight. Let me take off to flight. Is the, the the song where Superman takes his first flight in Man of Steel. Um, so I did. And I timed it perfectly, which was awesome. As soon as the plane started to pick up speed, and again, this is my first time feeling all of this. I'm sitting there. I don't know what to expect. I'm kind of just zoning out at this point. I'm zen. I'm like I'm like Conor McGregor before the Jose Aldo fight. Just zened out. And... I time it so the crescendo hits of the song right when we start to go up. And it was the weirdest feeling ever the first time I went up. And I'm sure most, if not everybody listening to this podcast has flown before, so this was just new to me. But it felt like, obviously, the the G-force kind of screws up inside your body because you're just going very high at a very fast rate. But to me, it felt like um, the feeling of when you get really drunk and you lay down and close your eyes, but everything is still moving and spinning. And that feeling was was um, that feeling was very was very close, not close. It was very prevalent in my mind. Because that happened to me probably like two months ago. So I kind of know what it feels like. So that was the first thing I noticed about flying was when we, like the first five seconds you take off because it's such a drastic change. It felt like I I didn't get the spins in my head, but it was more inside me. That's how I, that's how I translated that feeling. I hope I'm making sense because I don't sound like in my head I'm making sense right now. But it all went it all went good. Uh, landed in D.C. on time, and here's where it started to get tricky, right? So I landed in D.C. I had like an probably like an hour and a half layover uh, from my connecting from D.C. to Louisville. It kept on getting pushed off and pushed off and pushed off, and all of a sudden I get a text like your flight's been canceled, and I'm thinking to myself, oh shit, what the hell do I do? I'm here by myself. I don't even know what a terminal is, and I need to find out how to get another flight. Now, thankfully, my brother's girlfriend, Miranda, shout out to Miranda. She's an an angel. Um, I knew that worst comes worst comes to worst. She lives in D.C. I could stay with her. We were already kind of planning a night out <laughs> uh, in anticipation, but I called Paul. Paul's a veteran at this game. He travels like three times a week. He's on a plane, so he's calling me, and things aren't working out. We're both getting pissed, but... Um, at the end of the day, I was able after, a, after probably an hour, an hour of searching, I was able to book a flight on a, on Delta to Lexington, not Louisville. Um, like last minute, last minute, I ended up taking off like, uh, at least two hours from when I was supposed to take off, maybe even three hours. So it was a long night trying, like, talking with American, trying to get tickets, trying to do this, trying to do that. It was a long, 
long night, but we got it taken care of. I ended up taking off from Delta, flew right into Lexington, which was way closer to where I was staying anyway. So it all worked out at the end of the day. Um, and I will say this, Delta is way better than American. I've taken one Delta flight and three American flights, um, and Delta was way better. Delta was exponentially better. I actually had a room flying Delta, and the seats were actually comfortable flying Delta. Um, so that was my first experience flying, actually flying. I had that weird feeling on the first actual flight from Providence to D.C., and then D.C. to what was supposed to be Louisville, but what ended up being Lexington was just a nightmare. But I got home. We got there um, Friday night, basically early Saturday morning. Woke up Saturday, had a full day of just you know going around Kentucky. Uh, did a great interview with Barry over at WM Tar uh, or RD1 Spirits. Um, got some fantastic bottles from him, so we're going to be doing that on the podcast soon, both on Bourbon and Friends and here. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, WM Tar, one of the oldest brands uh, in bourbon, one of the oldest names in bourbon. Um, just a very, very significant piece of history there. And uh, we got to try a lot of their a lot of their whiskey. Uh, Paul and I went out in downtown Lexington for a little bit. Uh, earlier in the day, we, we went to Buffalo Trace. And I remember standing outside Buffalo Trace, we opened the door. You know, we get out of the, out of the truck when we get there. And the smell of just all the malt and the oak and the and the mash it just was overwhelmingly overwhelmingly satisfying it's like one of the best smells i've ever smelled um so i'll never forget that smell that first time walking out you know stepping out of the truck into buffalo trace and we only just we only went to the gift shop we didn't have a tour or anything set up but just walking out there was a game changer for me it made me fall in love in whiskey so much more um now, was it packed? Yeah. And, I mean, I don't even want to know what the weight would have been for a tour, but um, it was packed, but it smelled great. So we went there. We visited Castle and Key, uh, which if you've watched the documentary Neat on Hulu, then you know it's the, it's the old Taylor Distilling Company, renovated. Uh, they're doing some good stuff there. We just went to the gift shop, checked out the grounds, Um it was very, it was awesome. You know, it's, it's, it's literally an, uh, an old beat up distillery that's been renovated to put out this new product. Um, then after that, we would stop by Woodford Reserve just in the gift shop. Nothing, nothing major, nothing, nothing too, too crazy. And I think that's the only three places we went on that day. Cause we had to go and, uh, record that night, record a podcast, then we went out to, I forgot what the bar was called in downtown Lexington, but I had a pour of Blanton straight from the barrel, which was insane. Um, but I remember not being totally overwhelmed by it, like like the price tag warrants, but it was just a really nice treat to enjoy uh, while in while in Lexington, while in Kentucky. It was just a nice kind of cap on uh, my first night out there. And then uh, Sunday, didn't really do much, kind of just hung out. Monday uh, or yesterday, we went out to Owensboro, went to Green River Distilling Company, and did our barrel pick, uh, which was amazing. was with Jacob Call, the uh, master distiller at Green River Distilling. Um, And we were with the CEO of Bradshaw Bourbon uh, out there. And we were with um, uh, a few other people making this 
making this barrel pick, and it was the first time Paul and I had ever made a barrel pick. So that was interesting in its own right, trying to pick out, you know, a barrel that both me and him liked and that the master distiller, Jacob, thought was a good barrel. Uh, we had three barrels to choose from, and we uh, ended up going with barrel number three. And I'm forgetting what the exact mash bill was, uh, but it's high corn. I know that for a fact. And it's a hitter. It's a hitter. Me and Paul both decided that it was the most well-rounded pick of the three. I thought number two had a better nose, uh, but I thought number three had the better palate. Um, and number one was kind of just a toned-down number three. But without going into too much detail, it was just a a fantastic pick, I think. I was a big fan of it, and I can't wait to um, get the bottles made, get the bottling process started, get it made, and you know get that ready to rock and roll for April 23rd. Um, and this was all for our uh, Kentucky Bourbon Ball, ball fe- uh, benefiting Folds of Honor. Uh, and it, it, which is a charity event that uh, Bourbon with Friends, Paul and I are are are, um, are hosting um, to raise money for Folds of Honor, which is a again a veteran military centered uh, uh, charity organization that does fantastic work. And we've got some really really big news coming out uh, involving the Bourbon Ball. So be on the lookout for that. I don't want to announce it here. Um, I want to announce it on the Bourbon with Friends page, and it's not even like set in stone yet, but we potentially have some really, really big things and people coming to that event. So you can visit Bourbon Ball KY on Instagram, and there's a link in our bio to buy tickets if you're in the area and want to come. I'd recommend you know, traveling to come to this event because there's going to be a lot of cool people there. Jackie Zykin is doing our, our VIP tasting. She's the uh, master taster for Old Forester. She was the star of the uh, Netflix documentary, or I'm sorry, the Hulu documentary Neat, uh, which has kind of become profound within the whiskey industry that, 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 uh, that, uh, uh, documentary was, was really, really well done. Um, and you know it's it, there's just so many cool people coming, you know. Uh, Cash Daniels is emceeing. Uh, Bill Binder will be there, um, and just so many other cool people from the whiskey industry, from the whiskey world, from the whiskey community on Instagram. It's it's gonna be a blast. And then Paul and I will be there hosting. So um, that's what this barrel pick was for. But it will be available. Um, hopefully, you know we can we can you know sell it outside. But I'm not really sure how that's gonna work yet. But that was kind of a a synopsis of how of how uh, this weekend went and the and the end of last week. Um, there weren't there wasn't anything really of note happening outside of that. Nothing really in the movie world that I that I know. Batman is edging closer and closer and closer, and I cannot wait to go watch that March third. Um, there were some fights. Johnny Walker got knocked out by Jamal Hill. Um, I don't really have many words to say about that because I never liked Johnny Walker. And even though he was a stud and at one point we were all saying, oh, he's going to give John Jones a problem. And now he's getting knocked out um, pretty easily. I kind of feel bad for the guy because 
can't speak English. He's not. He can't speak English that well. He's not going to become a big star with, um, you know, the fans in America. So I feel bad for him. I feel bad for him. But at the end of the day, that's the fight game, I suppose. This week we have this weekend we have um, Bobby Green versus. Or, or uh, I'm sorry, we have um, um, not Sabit. Who is fighting? Islam Makachev. Uh, the Beast Dagestani at 155 pounds fighting Bobby Green, who's stepping in on two weeks' notice, and I'm very interested in that fight. Bobby Green just fought on the Izzy card two weeks ago, I think, whenever that was. Looked great, and I think he's a I think he's a wild card. I don't know if he's necessarily going to beat um, Islam, but, I mean, Bobby Green is quick. He has great hands. He's tough. He's game. It's short notice. He has nothing to lose. It's it's at a catch weight. It's um, short notice. I'm sure Islam is a huge favorite. I wouldn't be afraid to put a little bit of money on Bobby Green for this. Now, at the end of the day, do I really think Bobby Green's going to win? No, but I do think he's he's a wild card. He's what it feels like. Um, it just feels like one of those fights where something big can happen. Because it's just so, so close to Bobby Green's last performance. And Islam, you know, doesn't fight too, too often. It just, it seems like the perfect scenario where Bobby Green could pull off this major upset and propel him really realistically into a title shot, potentially, um, or very close to one. So that's happening this weekend. Um, I don't know if there's really anything much else happening this weekend. There's no movie releases um, no shows are on right now, so I think that's it. I think that's it. Let's get into the whiskey review. Early Times Bottled and Bond, uh, a um, brown Foreman distillery product. Again, it's 100 proof, Bottled and Bond. Um, four years old, the mash bill is 79% corn, 11% rye, and 10% malted barley. And MSRP on this is, they say, $25 for a one-liter bottle. I bought this for $21. It's also one liter. Um, Cannot find this in Connecticut, Rhode Island, the Northeast. Um, And if you do, it's probably going to be way overpriced. But in Kentucky, it flows like the limestone water. Um, Like I said, $21 for a one-liter bottle of greatness. I, I did have a little bit of this while I was in Kentucky, but it was with a cigar after drinking most of the day, so I don't remember it that well, so I'm excited to actually get a proper tasting right now. Um, early Times was, uh, at one time, the the highest-selling whiskey on the market. Um, in 1953, um it was the highest selling it was the most popular and highest highest selling whiskey in America which is crazy crazy for me to think about that early times at this brand that is now kind of considered bottom shelf but like the top of the bottom shelf is uh at one point was at one point the the most popular bourbon in America um there is kind of just an old style whiskey to this you'll see early times um, that is a bottom shelf whiskey. I've never had it, but this is the one you want to get if you are looking to get something. This is the bottle and bond. This isn't the. I think it's a black and uh, orange label. Just the regular early times. Um, so, 
what do we got here? I'm kind of I'm kind of reading a little bit about it because I don't know much. Um, we all know what bottled and bond is. It's got to be, you know, age in a federally bonded warehouse. It's got to be um, a product of one distillation season from one distiller at one distillery um, at age at a minimum of four years, and it has to be a bottle at exactly 100 proof. Um, it's got to say exactly where it was distilled from and where on the label. So there's very, very, um, there's very strict rules when it comes to bottled and bond. We've talked about this in, in, in past episodes. It was actually cool when I was at Buffalo Trace, uh, right outside the gift shop is the bonded warehouse. So that's where you're just like, Oh, that's where all the kernel is. That's where, that's where all the E.H. Taylor's being, being, um, aged all that warehouse C or whatever. That was cool to see. The amount of warehouses, of huge warehouses Buffalo Trace has is mind-boggling. Um, so that's what we got here. That's what we got of uh, for for our whiskey this week. What's it say right there? It says, generations of experience in crafting fine whiskeys, early times, old style, Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey bottle and bond. Um, Louisville, Kentucky. Let's get right into it. Let's get into it. Give it a little sniffy poo. Mm, it smells. Not much to it on the nose, honestly. It's got a lot of bright, like, fruit floral notes and a little bit of caramel. I'm getting mint on the nose as well. It's very light. It's very approachable. There's not a whole lot to it. It smells fantastic, though. Like, it smells like something that you would hand someone and be like, this is what bourbon is, you know? Maybe even a little sweeter than what you would hand someone, that this is what bourbon is. I mean, it does have a high a high corn mash bill, um, like we said, it's, what is it, 79% corn. Um, so that that's kind of what I'm getting on the nose, a little bit of that that lighter, sweeter side of the corn. But I don't get a lot of, like, grain, grain notes. Like, I don't get that dusty corn. I don't get that, like, grain kind of wheat field type of dustiness to it. It's very bright and light and inviting. Like I said, there's a little bit of caramel in there, but it's mainly like um like minty, um not a lot of not spice, but but uh like fruity uh fruity minty type of sweetness to it. A little bit of bubble gum, maybe. Yeah, it's nice. It's a nice nose. Based off the nose, I can tell I'm gonna like this. Um. Let's drink it. Let's drink it. <clears throat> Cheers, you guys, to another week of Who Gives a Dram. Um, drinking some whiskey. Early times, bottled and bond. The unicorn of the Northeast.
It's got a little bit of a kick to it. This is the first sip of whiskey I've had all day, but it's got a little bit of a kick to it. Little rye spice on there. I'm getting that rye spice kind of up front almost. But, oh, candied notes on the nose now after I let it, like, after I drank it, went back to a, to a smell, candied notes on it. Yeah, I'm getting like a a candied like vanilla caramel on the on the palate now. Rye spice for it, a little bit of tobacco. The mint isn't there from the nose. I I I don't know if I'm supposed to be getting as much rye spice as I'm getting, but it's coating my mouth with that entire rye like aspect. Like it's really it's really covering my entire palate with it, with that kind of nice little light spice. It's really, really nice. Strong vanilla on there. It's got a little bit of a light finish. Nothing, nothing too, 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 too harsh. Um, doesn't really stick with you for as long as some other hundred proofers do. But it's got that nice overall overarching light inviting candied vanilla caramel to it. A little bit of tobacco sweetness in there. But the rye spice is what kind of surprises me on this. It's much more prominent than I thought it would be for a what is it, seventy nine percent corn mash bill? Yeah. For eleven percent rye. Um And most brown foreman products now I think about are seventy two percent corn if I'm not mistaken. I think Woodford is seventy two percent corn. I know Old Forester is high rye for the most part, but it's just very subtle. It's just very subtle, inviting. There's not a lot to it. It's terrific neat. Um, and huh, for $20, $21, I mean, talk about deal of the century. That's where this high score is going to come in is, is the value that you're getting for what you're getting. This is better than Mellow Corn, which is off the bat what... Uh, I would describe as one of the best value whiskeys you can buy. And this is better than Evan Williams Bottled and Bond as well. If I were to put this up against another Bottled and Bond. Um, I mean, this is fantastic. I don't remember what I gave Evan Williams Bottled and Bond. And I'm not going to have my score affect that anyway. But I would say um, early times Bottled and Bond, I'd give it like a solid, like solid 8.6, I think. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's not going to blow your socks off, but it's just like perfectly balanced, just light enough to be inviting to like the everyday or the novice bourbon drinker. But to me, that rye spice is what kind of catches my attention. It's like, wow, this is 11% rye. I never would have expected that the rye coats your mouth as much as it does. So that's where it's kind of more complex to me. And yeah, I, I'm thinking let's go. Uh, 
you know what? Let's go up two points. Let's go 8.8. Stamp that. And um, that's not necessarily because of what's the juice in the bottle. It's more of just the price. Like, you don't beat this. This is probably the best valued bourbon you can get. If I had just it gone to my head right now, uh, I would have said Evan Williams Bottle and Bond. Now I'm going to say uh, Early Times Bottle and Bond is, for, for the money, the best thing you can get. And it's a leader. And it's a leader. It's not 750. It's a leader. So that's going to do it this week, you guys. I um, appreciate everybody uh, listening to the show. I appreciate you tuning into this week. Um, I am so happy I was able to go to Kentucky, and I was, I'm was i so happy I was able, I'm, I'm able to share the experience with you guys and do all these cool things. It just blows my mind that I can do this. And it's because of you, it's with the listeners, you know, supporting the show. Um, if you want to continue to support the show, again, subscribe on all platforms. Subscribe on YouTube, like and comment on the videos. Uh, if you want to buy my merch, my merch link is in my bio in, on Instagram, who gives a dram. Um, I do have a direct link to all my sweatshirts in there. They're 35 bucks, and I make like less than $5 on each sweatshirt. So if you want to buy one, it supports me. It's more just about the fact of supporting the brand, and I appreciate each and every one of you who have bought a sweatshirt so far and have sent me pictures. Um, it's really cool to see that. Um, follow Bourbon with Friends on all platforms as well. Uh, both Who Gives a Dram and Bourbon with Friends are on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. Um Make sure you're following Bourbon Ball KY on Instagram to follow all the updates for our, our charity event happening April 23rd. Um, and make sure you're following The Grapevine Media, www.thegrapevinemedia.com. Uh, but for this week, you guys, I'm going to head out of here a little bit shorter of an episode this week. Uh, we'll be back next week. I know I said the Canadian takeover was happening this week, but we've, you know, some scheduling conflicts, uh, you know, keep happening. And I'm hoping next week we have. <laughs> we have the Canadian Takeover Part 2. Um, whenever it is, it's going to be a delight, and it's going to be hilarious. So hopefully that's next week. But until then, I'm going to let my brother Nick Bossy play me out. What happened to country? And as always, remember, whiskey's the water of life, so let's start living. My hands are tired of paying my bills. Staring at a bottle, I'm aiming to kill. Weeks passing by and the seasons to change And I'm playing my song, trying to make me a name Say as they walk out the bar The kids gone places, maybe even a star They don't play country down in Nashville today Just the same chord progression With nothing to say What happened to country? Three chords and the truth And who's gonna step up Fill their big shoes, writing songs about outlaws, singing all night, and songs that'll make a grown man cry.
They use auto-tune now down on Music Row Cause True Country died there a long time ago No, they don't play Waylon on the boulevard But they'll do anything to be rock stars What happened to country? Three chords and the truth And who's gonna step up And fill their big shoes Writing songs about our loss Singing all night And songs that'll make A grown man cry hope for us yet cause there's millions of people who cannot forget the way Johnny Cash brought a tear to their eyes or how Marty Robbins painted Texas skies what happened to country the cards and the truth and who's gonna step up and fill their big shoes writing songs about outlaws Singing all night and songs that'll make a grown man cry. A grown man cry. A grown man cry. I won't let country die.